0: welcome back to the Table 442 podcast. I'm Joe Fish. I'm joined once again by Aaron Pretty. How are you doing, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I'm not bad. Thank you, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, mate. Just like last week, got those uh, Europa League goosebumps this time around. Spurs,
1: uh... <laughs> magical nights.
0: Yeah, the magical nights uh, against Wolfsburger. Um, so I'm feeling in a, in a relatively good mood, but that could soon change. Um if uh, recent Tottenham form is to go by and we plummet out of the Europa League to some Austrian farmers in the next couple yeah. of hours. So
2: it's not my uh, tone over to
0: the work. next. Yeah, no, not even the real but <laughs> If there, if there was only some fans in, we might get a, a funny chant or two about that. But um, no, so I'm in a good mood for now, but let's see how long, how long that lasts. Um, so yeah, we're recording this um, on Wednesday afternoon, late afternoon, evening. Uh, just before the final round of Champions League games we spoke um about the Champions League on last week's show Aaron and put some predictions in mm. and it's yeah. fair to say that my Jules Koundé to Manmark Mark Erling Haaland out of the game prediction and prove himself to be why he's going to be the first 100 million pound center back was absolutely <laughs> really bang on
1: yeah i mean I, I i praise you for being bold and going for it but yeah i think i think so far anyway Haaland's definitely come out on top on that one.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's all right because I predicted Leipzig to upset Liverpool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: yeah. <laughs> two all, two there. all eyes on Man City tonight, please don't screw <laughs> <give> up. <laughs> no, but so I was obviously way off the money, but you had Erling Haaland last week as um top scorer and player to watch for the rest of the competition, and he yeah. put in another scintillating display last
1: you week. can't stop, can he? You cannot stop. It's just, every time check the Dortmund score on FootMob. it's just like, oh, he scored again. Oh, he scored two again. Oh, got a hat-trick this week. It's just relentless. It's just, yeah, there's just no stopping. Yeah.
0: And he, it already seems to be, whether he's manufacturing it, whether the press are manufacturing it, a little bit of Mbappe Haaland... Oh yeah, rivalry as in the Ronaldo Messi mm. mold, which I don't know if I like or just find it incredibly. Like I, I was kind of waiting for that to be over.
1: Yeah, you
0: know what I mean with with the Ronaldo Messi stuff, and it's I, don't want
1: to like undoubtedly, it. already becoming a thing, isn't it? Like you say, there's a bit of rivalry between them. And I don't know if you remember when when Harlan scored against PSG and he did that celebration where he sort of sat down, and crossed his legs like he was like almost praying, and then. Yeah. When PSG knocked them out, all the players, including Mbappe, went and sat in the centre circle and did it, sort of mocking him. And uh, then, since then, there's already been a little, little bit of rivalry between them. But everywhere you look lately, there's there's articles comparing them, this, that, the other. So looks like we've already got our new Ronaldo and Messi debate.
0: Yeah, no, the Ronaldo, Messi, down to Haaland, and Mbappe, and you know Oliver Skipp, the, the big three of the next generation. Yeah, um, undoubtedly. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but no, you you were, you were on, on track with, with your predictions. I was a little bit off that. So um, hopefully I'll be able to add a little bit more uh, insight to the show this week that won't come back to bite me quite <laughs> so immediately. Um, so what we're going to do this week is uh, later on the show, we'll be joined by Aaron's cousin, Liam, who is uh, also a, um, a Middlesbrough fan. Um, and we thought having two Middlesbrough fans on the show... Uh, what better opportunity to, to do a fun bind 11, bringing that back this week, um, that we've been looking to do for a while, which is um, a team of players who were too good for the Championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. And I feel like possibly not quite as much as West Brom or Norwich, teams, that have teams of that ilk, but Middlesbrough fans might know that feeling quite well, having been promoted and relegated several times over the Premier League era. So that's what we're finishing off with. Um, in the middle of the show, we need to get to the bottom of the gardening lead, gardening lead corruption <laughs> drama, which is threatening to throw the podcast into turmoil <laughs> seven episodes in. Um, Aaron and I are already having to have discussions about splitting all the, all the money we've raised so far from the podcast and going our separate ways because this is threatening <laughs> to get serious. Um, and in the opening the segment, way. as always, sorry, Aaron, you got, it, you'll have your time, mate. You'll have your time <laughs> on the stand when you can talk about it later. Um And uh, in uh, the first episode of the show, as always, more cordially, I think, uh, than than when the gardening leave will come up, uh, we're going to talk about this week on WhatsApp, what we've been talking about in the group. And we've been talking about a particularly interesting um, debate um, to do with Mr. Sun Hyung-min, which we'll get to. But also, we've been talking a little bit more this week about the bottom of the table rather than the top, Aaron. And Mm -hmm. we have spoken a lot about the top of the table in the last few weeks. So I think it is about time we did focus on the bottom and um, and in particular, possibly a great escape being pulled off by Fulham. Now you had Fulham to survive when your, you and your supercomputer predicted yeah. the final <laughs> Premier League standings a few weeks ago. And it looks to be another good, Aaron Pretty prediction at this point. How are you feeling about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're putting together a bit of a, a decent run lately. I think they've only lost one in five. Um, they've clawed it back to the within three points of Newcastle now. I think it is. Um, Newcastle were on on quite a bad run. Um, whether Fulham can keep it up, it will be it remain to be seen. But they definitely give themselves a fighting chance. It just the interesting thing is it's Fulham Newcastle last game of the season, which yeah. if it came down to that. Will be an absolute corker. I, um, I was looking at the fixtures earlier, and I think. Fulham have got quite a difficult set of fixtures between now and the end of the season. I think they've still got you, City, Liverpool, United, a lot of the top teams to play. Yeah, top table teams, I should say.
0: Yeah, they've just been through a a fairly friendly run, Fulham. So, yeah, that will obviously turn around in the last twelve games. Um, But yeah, I mean, they've they've really turned the corner. I think. I mean, that Jamie Carragher said on Sky Sports, didn't he, that he could he would put his house or something on. and going down after watching them in the first few games. But, you know, they have, they deserve a lot of credit because they've, they've kind of changed the complete outlook of the side. They were leaking goals early on. They've now gone since, not since November, where they've conceded more than two goals in a the game. Mm-hmm. They've only lost three of their last 14 in the Premier League. So become a lot more difficult to beat. Yeah. But the problem there is, in that period, only two wins. And I think, yeah. you know, really to... Newcastle, one of those that like they they are not they're not pretty, but they'll find a way to win a handful of games. Yeah, and Fulham aren't going to make that deficit up by drawing, you know, mm-hmm. five or six of their last twelve. So yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to have to find a way to win. They brought Josh Madger in on loan from Bordeaux. Got two versus Everton. Mm. But he's not like he's not that's prolific, asking, is he? Yeah, and it's asking a lot of a young lad. Yeah. He is still a young striker, so he might be an improvement on what they had for this. Scott Parker way of playing yeah. but it's not like bringing in an established experienced goal scorer no, so um, you've
1: not plucked someone out of the way you've looked and thought wow I'll have managed to get in, him in for the second half of the season like he's undoubtedly not a bad player but I'm still not convinced he'll he'll, he'll be enough
0: yeah yeah he's not got a I like to say he's very young not got a, a great pedigree as of yet so it's a gamble um, mm. and whether whether they'll have the goals to stay up I think will be Will be the big question. Um you backed them a few weeks ago, are you still backing them now?
1: Yeah, why not? Makes it exciting, doesn't it? I um I think that whenever I see them on telly, I think that they play some really good football. Um and they've always impressed me. I think like you, you, you touched on that the they're, they're not the most prolific and they need to turn draws into wins. <laughs> Excuse me. Um but yeah, I'll back them. Just be, nothing else. Just because I'd love to see Newcastle go down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that will be shared by, our, our guest later on. And also because you're in good, you're in good prediction form. So why have you changed your mind?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. So we talked Fulham, Newcastle. There. Um. I assume below Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United, they're doomed. They're written off at this point. Championship yeah, next season.
1: I think so. Um. It would take something close to a miracle at this point. I think for. For them to, to turn it around. And unfortunately, they just don't look like turning it around. West Brom, not as first on, but I, I quite like Sheffield United. Um, I like Chris Wilder. I hope if they do go down, they'll skip with him. But I think, again, at, at this point, it's just, it's just a step too far for them to do anything from there.
0: Yeah, neither of them are threatening, really, to put a run together, are mm-hmm. they? Never have. I mean, over the last 10 games, West Brom got six points. And I think you'd have expected a, a much bigger pick-me-up from Aldice coming in. Yeah. Um, so I think if he's not going to have made that sort of impact already, then it's going to be difficult for him to...
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: ...to, to implement that over the rest of the season. Um, anybody else then? If you think, so we think it's West Brom, Sheffield United, plus one more. Yeah. You've backed Fulham. Anybody else apart from Newcastle that you think could get dragged in? So you've got Brighton on 26, they're four points clear. Burnley on twenty-eight there, six points clear. And Southampton plummeting a little bit, thirty points, but eight points clear. Any of those you think that could get dragged in?
1: I don't think so. I think I think when I originally did my predictions, I think I had Brighton, didn't I? But Yeah. But then
0: They're, they're only a point they're ahead
1: of, they're only a point ahead of Newcastle, but I feel like they've probably got enough about them to put a few results together and make themselves safe. Same for Burnley, same for Southampton.
0: Yeah, I think Bright- Brighton before, I think actually soon after that, those predictions put together back-to-back wins against Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah. So that's obviously put them in a rosy position. They got handed an ultimate smash and grab by Crystal Palace on Monday night. And they, they're a little bit like Fulham in the sense that they don't have a, a goal scorer as such. Mm. And, you know, if you look at the XG numbers, whether you're an XG believer or not, I'm not really, but it, it, everything would suggest to to people that write and create a lot of chances, they're always in the game, but they just don't necessarily finish them. So, you know, if they can get more pay or Welbeck or whoever it is, just get, you know, four or five goals between now and the end of the season, they could mm-hmm. be, uh, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, in the same way, if you know it will come down to somebody finding form i think one yeah. of those one of those three sides like if it's going to be Major, if it's going to be Morpé, if it's going to be wilson just to to fire the goals to get them out of trouble um cuz i don't see burnley being dragged into it i think they're too no. solid um and you know, you know there's too much southampton seem to be plummeting they have had a lot of injuries but there's there's quite a few teams between them and the and the bottom three at this point so even if they continue to fall i don't, I don't think they would fall far enough um so you're going you're staying, saying Fulham stay up and you are saying who to go down Newcastle Newcastle yeah. with a massive smile on your face yeah <laughs> yeah Um okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna go for Fulham I just don't like I said when we did the original predictions I think they just left themselves too much to do so they've got um, like I said only three three defeats in the last 14 but they only picked at one point from from the first six and it, it, it did give them a lot to do Um, and maybe if they'd they'd have started the season in the they're in now, I'm sure they'd be be fine, but I'm going to go with Fulham, sticking with my uh, prediction from a few weeks ago. Okay, so moving on from the teams at the bottom of the table to to a team that many people think should be near the top of the table, which is Spurs. Now, we have spoken a lot about Spurs in the last few weeks, and we're not really going to do a deep dive on them, but we are going to talk about one particular player who came up in the WhatsApp group this week, which is Sun Hyung-min, linked with a £90 million move to Juventus. A no-brainer, according to Aaron. Whereas I think, I'm not sure Sun would go from Spurs to Juventus at this point, or whether Juventus really have got the firepower to pull off that kind of transfer. And it caused quite a debate in the WhatsApp group, Aaron. So it let's come at it from your point of view.
1: Um well, I want to start this off by saying that like, this isn't like a, a hit job on Spurs or anything, and nothing that I'm saying yeah. is to to put Spurs down. I like Spurs as I like Spurs, as a, I it's lo- it's I like Spurs as a club. Um it just purely comes down to I just see Juventus as being in that bracket above. Um the an absolute global super team, currently third in the UEFA coefficients behind only Barca and Bayern. Um They've proven in the past that they're willing to spend big if needed. Consistently in Europe, two Champions League finals in the last 10 years, 36 times they've won the domestic title. I think everything that Spurs realistically could offer, some, Juve can offer him the same and more.
0: Did you not see the Spurs canteen on the Amazon documentary? <laughs> there was like multiple hot food counters. All sorts. Now, look, I can't argue with the fact that Juventus are a much bigger club. They've won up teen amount of trophies compared to Tottenham. Their recent success, um, was it nine straight series or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so look, I'm not saying that a large proportion of players wouldn't make the switch from Tottenham to Juventus, but I do feel that Son is incredibly valued at Tottenham. He's made to to feel incredibly important. The exposure he gets playing in the Premier League is massive for his kind of global brand. Like the City of London is a big pull. All of these things, when I say them, will sound really small and inconsequential if there's kind of the idea that every footballer's motivation for making a transfer is to move to a bigger club and to win trophies. And that definitely is a motivation for a lot of players, but I just think Son has a very cushy lifestyle at Spurs and in London, and that it would have to take a big, a very, very, very tempting offer to pull him away from that. And I don't think he'd be knocking the door down to move to Juventus like he would be to move to Barcelona, Real Madrid, and you know possibly Manchester United, etc. So. I, I think there's a combination of Juventus not quite having the, the pull that those very top sides have. They're probably been like in the next bracket down or at the top of the next bracket down, and also they don't really operate in that way of buying kind of um, players for big money at the, in the peak of their career. Do you think that's there's any argument to be said for that?
1: Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But basically,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean.
1: Cristiano Ronaldo is a freak so it's probably hard to define when his peak is yeah they, they signed him for 100 million um not that long ago signed Higuaín at his peak 80 million Uh delict probably not yet at his peak but signed him for 85 million they've got a history of spending big when they need it and I think just because they're good at sort of spotting talent early and picking them up for a bit cheaper rather than just splashing cash in every position willy-nilly. I don't think that's necessary to do with their ability to sign these players. Um, I think it comes down to the fact that they're just very, very good at, at building teams and being almost frugal in a way.
0: Yeah, so your argument is that, like, yes, this might be against the Juventus model, but they're proving that they will go outside that model in exceptional circumstances.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I think, I mean, I had a quick look through their their team, and the, the entire team is littered with, you know, sort of relatively expensive signings. Of Danilo was nearly 40 million at right back, Alexandro 30 million at left back, Delict 85 million, Arthur in the middle was 82 million, Dybala 40 million, Kuliszewski, 44 million, Ronaldo 100 million. They've repeatedly shown that if they do need to sign players, for decent amounts, they will do it, um, and I think, yeah, the, the spending in football has gone absolutely crazy over the last sort of few seasons, and there are certain players that go for crazy amounts, like Neymar, and Mbappe, that only a few clubs could afford, the likes of PSG and Man City. Um, but the, the sort of the price bracket that Son's being discussed in isn't—he's is not falling into that bracket of really only PSG or Man City could afford. He's in yeah, the, the
0: transfer room was about ninety million.
1: Yeah, yeah. which Juventus have, have shown that they are willing to spend that amount on players. They've done it three times in the last three years: hundred million on Ronaldo, eighty-two on Arta, and eighty-five on Delict. So, around the price point that Son's being discussed at, they've, they've got they've got previous for for buying players at that price.
0: Yeah, so I mean the Arta deal was a bit fudged. I think with the Pjanic swap to Barcelona and. I mean, so I, I don't want to be this point where like I'm just like taking perfectly good examples out of the equation to suit my own agenda because there certainly are some, some of that. But I think the Arta one, if you do any if, we, if people do some reading up on it, was basically fudge for financial fair play. But the the, 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 the figures behind it weren't necessarily accurate with Pianić, going the other way because he would be one where they're I think, but again, he, they're not signing a player that at the peak of his career. They're signing somebody younger with kind of upsell value. Um, but I suppose um, the
1: the, the flipside: how how realistically in this day and age, most play most players that go for crazy amounts are players that are selling with upsell value. The like, yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, you... If you look at the top ten. I mean, I was, the top ten transfers of all time have happened in the last ten years. With the top five happening in the last five years. Other than Neymar, who was just a, a crazy amount, the yeah. others are all sort of youngsters. Like Joe Felix went for 100 million after one season at Benfica. These crazy fees all tend to be for these guys yeah. that are sort of up and coming, as opposed yeah, which
0: to. Yeah, is, which is why I can't see Juventus paying 90 million pounds for Son because he's 28 years old and that's not really how they operate. I mean, like you said, the Ronaldo one was an ex was was it was an exception because it's Ronaldo, and you you get so much by signing him. Um, you know, and and I think that was just an opportunity that both both um, parties wanted. Ronaldo wanting to go and conquer another league, Juventus wanting to to raise their global appeal and attract one of the best players in the world still. So yeah, again, I could, I I feel like. I could try too hard to try and pick apart perfectly good examples that you have of Juventus spending this money. It's kind of like an instinct thing. I appreciate that most people listen to that would be like, some would definitely go from Spurs to Juventus. Juventus have won nine Serie in A in a row and Tottenham haven't won a trophy in so many years and don't look like they're going to now. And to be honest, you know, if we lose our next couple of games, I'd, pro- I'd pro- probably change my mind on it as well and think, <laughs> well, of course he would. But it's one of those that I think he's, he's so adored and respected at Tottenham He's pretty much, you know, the most important player after Harry Kane. Um, and I think if if they made the effort with him and said, right, here's the £200,000 contract, will you sign it? And mm-hmm. there was an offer from events in the background, that might not be tempting enough for him to turn that down. Having said that, if they said, look, son, you know, we're not going to offer you a new contract because we've had this offer from Juventus, we so am going to accept it. Of course, he would go... Sure. Yeah. What a great move that is. But I'm not sure it's of the calibre of move to have him knocking down the chairman's door to demand it in the same way as Bale and Modric did to go to Real Madrid. I just don't think Juventus quite have that pulling power. Um,
1: I disagree. I I absolutely think they do have that pulling power. And like I say, I'm not in any way running Spurs down. But I think you're basically pinning him not going on a hope that he's willing to be a big fish in a small pond um, and he just doesn't seem the type of player to do that. He seems quite driven, quite motivated. Yeah, he, he is adored by the Tottenham fans, but if every player just stayed everywhere they're adored, hardly anyone would ever move. Um, yeah. I don't think finishing sort of hopefully at push Europa League in the Prem is enough for him, especially not at this stage in his career. If he maybe... 24, 25, 26, and he had another move after this in him, then I could see, yeah, probably he might stick with Spurs where he's loved, see what happens in the next couple of years and then maybe move on. But at 28, this is probably his last chance for a big move. And I think, I just don't know, I'm just not convinced that him being adored at Tottenham and being the second most important player after Harry Kane is that enough to to make him stay? I'm just, I'm not massively convinced that it is.
0: Yeah. Like it, it doesn't sound that convincing when, when it's put like that, but I think yeah, Tottenham are a smaller fish compared to Juventus, but they're still a pretty big fish. Um, they could offer you, it's on pretty much everything Juventus can apart from the trophies. And it will be, it will depend on what he's, what he's, um, what he's motivated by. Um, but I think, as well as maybe Tottenham are certainly a smaller fish in the event as the Premier League is a much bigger fish than Serie A. Yeah,
2: definitely. It has more it's eyes on it. Well. It's a way
0: more competitive league. Um, and I think I, I I think that that might have a role to play in Son's overall um, look at things because I think he approaches a lot of his... Well, he doesn't approach his football from this point of view, but he has a team behind him that approach his profile like a business, trying to grow it, obviously, from South mm-hmm. Korea, yeah, he's an absolute superstar over there. Premier League has a lot of eyes on him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need to make that move unless he's desperate to win trophies. And some footballers are, and some footballers aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, like what it would, what I'm saying is, I just think he, he's he's happy and comfortable at Spurs. Um, and if if Real Madrid came knocking, then. It might force his hand, but if it's Juventus, I'm not sure it would if he remained happy at Tottenham. Now, obviously the caveat to that is Tottenham probably have to show some sort of direction towards possible success. I don't think he would stay at Tottenham if he felt there was no chance they would be winning trophies. And I think the last three or four months have probably shown that in a more negative light than possibly um, earlier in the season. So, look, I mean, I, I don't think it's a transfer that will happen. I just don't think it will happen at that price with that club. But that doesn't mean that I'm right in saying that he wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to go there. Of mm. course, that's all hypothetical, and we don't know that. But I just, I, I'm pretty sure it won't happen. So yeah. that, that, and like I said, that would that wouldn't prove me right. And I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people listening, will agree with you. I don't think it would be anybody possibly outside of Spurs fans that see it that way that would agree with me. Um, but I just, I, I don't see Juventus, certainly in the transfer market, if you take out sort of their history and their success, in the transfer market, I don't see them in the top bracket of clubs and I think that's, that's the only type of club that Son would be going to and that Tottenham would be prepared to do business with. So, you know, I can see you just Shaking your head and yeah, to call no. me name the sun, but I, I think that might be having to agree to disagree and ask for some comments, uh, on socials from from our listeners. So, if you do want to, um, to tell me I'm being completely stupid, uh, which is the face Aaron is pulling, then um, <laughs> please, please do back Aaron up uh, by tweeting us at table44t1. Um, you can also follow us um on Instagram at table four four two. But Aaron, are you happy just to, to leave that for, for now and maybe Yeah, definitely. I think one we're definitely. never going to
1: agree on. Um we'll just have to wait and see. Like you say, I think no one really will know either way. Um but it'll be interesting to see what sort of feedback we get from that from the, the listeners because I'm not 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 normally one to think I'm going to get backed with the Luis Suarez thing I expected to get torn apart and then ended up getting backed. But with this one I imagine, and I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot here, I imagine most people would back me on this that aren't Spurs fans.
0: Right, well, I'll, I'll put it out to um, put it out on our Twitter page and our hashtag THFC and come on you Spurs and all that and we'll just have a really impartial, yeah. impartial response on it. Um, no, so uh, agree to disagree. We'll move on, but I'm not sure we'll be able to agree to disagree <laughs> on this, Aaron, because quite frankly... The podcast, seven weeks in, has been thrown into turmoil Happy by month. the gardening leave section. Now, a little bit of background for the viewers. So we um, obviously do a, a section uh, most weeks of the podcast where Aaron and I um, put forward something we don't like about modern football and suggest it gets sent um, to gardening leave, which is where things in football go to die. Um, and we put that on a poll, um on our Twitter page and have the listeners vote on it. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we did a poll and it was tied between uh, my suggestion of moaning about wages and Aaron's suggestion about changing room selfies. So we did a rollover and we put four mm-hmm. suggestions on the, tw- on the Twitter page this week. And if you look, it, it, it looks like it's a tie, again, with between my soft penalties galore and Aaron's, well, anybody could manage them. And yet, Aaron's suggestion has won by one percent now oh, there you go. Mate. You would think that that you know that's, <laughs> that's the results, and that's the end of it. But behind the scenes, I can see how many people have voted on this, and uh, uh, you know we're not a large podcast at this point, <laughs> so i can I can figure out kind of what a, a vote is uh, is a percentage of, and there's no way any maths work that Aaron aaron's one could have got more votes than me so what i want to know aaron is how have you fixed this
1: mate you're the twitter guy you you do you do all the, t- the tweeting and stuff i just i just like it but yeah you sent the screenshot i mean i was i was happy to call it a draw but you sent a screenshot that clearly shows that i've won by one percent so yeah but i can on only it.
0: go on what you what you give me mate look at the screenshot i've sent you and anybody who is on our twitter can, can go and see it now as well um which suggestion for gardening does it have the tick by to say it's won the poll, Aaron?
1: I can't see that. I think the tick is who you voted for, isn't it?
0: Oh, is it? I, I thought the tick of so. two had won. Well, because... no, because I'm, I'm on the official podcast Twitter.
1: Yeah, see, and... I can't. I can't see the tick on there, but if I look at it on my account, it's got a tick next to the one I voted for. I think.
0: Right. Okay. Well, then maybe there isn't some big conspiracy anyway. Yeah, there you go. I've just gone
1: onto my account and I've got the tick next to anyone could manage them. But when I looked on our account,
0: I couldn't see the tick. Right. Well, then I really shouldn't be the Twitter guy if I don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what I've assumed. Yeah, possibly. But I'm still adamant that the maths don't add up. And until I'm satisfied (laughs) that there's not been some sort of rigging, I'm going to suspend gardening leave. I'm going to suspend gardening (laughs) leave for the foreseeable future pending a full investigation into this so there will be no gardening leave this week and there will be no gardening leave until I get to the bottom of it because there's just no way that those maths add up and Aaron I I got 98% in the year 5 maths test so who am I to question you then? I mean, nobody. Cousin... I can get I can get Misty Yates on as a reference if you need.
1: Ammo <laughs> is coming on in a minute. My my cousin. I'm sure his title is a highest statistical officer for of the government. Um, he literally works with numbers and that. So we might have to might have to get him to do an independent review and see if we can work out what's happened here.
0: Well, he sounds very qualified, but I'm not <laughs> sure he sounds neutral enough. Um. <laughs> so um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to, I'm going to contact the big boys, the PWCs, the Deloitte's. Yeah. See if they can, uh, see if they they can crunch the numbers on this and see quite where, how I've been screwed, because there's definitely some sort of conspiracy going on. Um, So just to clarify, moaning about wages, changing room selfies, anybody could manage them and soft penalties galore. None of them are in gardening leave for now. And we are closing gardening leave for a few weeks which is, you know, a little bit, a little bit sad under these circumstances, but also gives us the opportunity to bring a new feature to the podcast, which we will do next week. So something new and exciting to talk about, which hopefully won't be surrounded in controversy. We're going to move on to our Fun bind 11 back on the podcast this week. And to help us with this one, we are joined by Aaron's cousin, Liam. How are you doing, Liam? Thanks for joining us. Very well, thank you um for having me on looking forward to it good good so you are also a borough fan unfortunately <laughs> tell me just quite how torturous that is
2: well um, particularly the result um that we've just had at home to Bristol City I think we've lost four of our last five um at home it's it's not um it's not the best time at the moment and Aaron and myself were raised in the nineties when we first Really got into football. You know, we were watching or Ravanelli, Emerson, yeah. and I think we were a bit spoilt thinking it was always going to be like that. Yeah. Absolute trick. Yeah.
0: So who's the Janini of the modern day Borough side?
2: <laughs> Aaron, um, I'll let you answer that
1: one. <laughs> honestly, you no. Know what I'd be happy to have a modern day Mark Summerbell at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> classic Borough <that's>... banker, Classic. <laughs> um, so yeah, we may see a couple of Borough players in this lineup, but possibly not. So just a reminder that this week's Fun Bind eleven is themed on players who are too good for the championship or have been proven to be too good for the championship but not good enough for the Premier League. So we're looking for that. Striker who bangs in 25 goals in the championship, gets his side promoted, comes up to the Premier League, can't hit a barn door until January and then goes back alone to the championship and the cycle starts again. So we thought, having two Borough fans on with some experience of promotion relegation, this would be a good opportunity to do this from Bind Eleven, which we've been hoping to get done on the pod for a few weeks now. So, you understand the remit, guys, and you got your teams ready, yeah?
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah, as ready as I'll ever be, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, I imagine that there are lots of options up front. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A fair few options in midfield and fewer options as you go back, really, just by the nature of this particular topic. But... Mm -hmm. Let's get started at the back and we'll get to the business end soon, shall we? So, let's start in goal. Aaron, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I've gone for someone that both Liam and me all know very well. Um, the former Borough goalkeeper. I've gone for Darren Randolph. He was unbelievable for us. He got the Championship Keeper of the season. He yeah, single-handedly kept us in games, single-handedly won games. And he was absolutely brilliant. And then he went off to West Ham and... Had, I don't think he's ever made an appearance, has he? He was um, far, far too good for the Championship. You genuinely watched him week in, week out and thought, how on earth is this bloke playing for us? He was unbelievable. And then
2: he's not had a sniff at West Ham.
0: Have you you got the same, Liam, or have you gone away from Borough on this one?
2: I haven't, yeah. I've tried to go away from Borough just because there's a couple later on. So I've tried to (laughs) um, branch out a little bit. Um, I agree with Aaron. Darren Randolph was a fantastic keeper, far too good for the championship, but um, doesn't seem to be quite cutting it in his second spell at West Ham, so uh, I've gone for John Ruddy who was promoted um, twice, I think, with Norwich and promoted with Wolves as well, but he was also relegated twice with Norwich, so <laughs> yeah. um, and it looks like you know Wolves realised when, after he'd got them promoted, that uh, if you're going to stay up in the division, you need to have a, a top quality keeper and yeah, plus he wasn't Portuguese you know, either, was, so yeah, was he? Against
0: him. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that's that's interesting. So obviously Randolph had one spell at West Ham where he did play a bit, didn't he? Um, and then went to Borough and then went back to West Ham under Moyes, and there's hasn't hasn't had a look yet. Mm. So that's an interesting call. Do you, do you guys having heard the other person's suggestion? change your mind at all? Are you sticking with your guns?
1: I suppose the argument that you could probably give in favour of Ruddy is that Randolph hasn't really proved that he's not good enough to play in the Prem. He just hasn't really played in the Prem. Right, yeah. He he went whilst Fabianski was injured. Fabianski's then come back from injury and and taken back the number one spot. He's a very, very good Premier League goalkeeper. There's no shame in being Sort of number two to him. So I suppose in Randolph's case he hasn't really made error after error and shown that he can't handle it in the Prem. Whereas I suppose the flip side is Ruddy went up and stayed as his team's number one and came back straight back down twice. Um so I can I can accept an argument there for Ruddy's probably shown more that he's not good enough for the Prem.
2: Yeah, and and I found it to be a really hard balance and act this whole um team because you want to, as you say, you want to find people that are very, very good championship players who would more likely get you promoted. But in the same sense, you don't want to pick someone who's, you know, an outstanding or or a decent Premier League uh, player, sorry, because that doesn't quite qualify them for the second part of the criteria and it's it's such a fine. And again, um, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, Joe, it's much easier to kind of quantify at the other end of the pitch because you can say, well, he's banged in 20 plus goals here and he's only got three in Premier League where it's really hard to do that with the defence and the, yeah,
0: um, goalkeeper? My defense yeah, especially when like if, if you think about goalkeepers who are coming up with promoted sides, they're often very busy so they look good mm. but really are they? So like if you look at Sam Johnson this year now, he might not fit the case because he might actually be pretty good but he's been so busy so he's he's definitely looked good and I think there probably was a case of that with Ruddy, wasn't it? Because he was kind of on the verge of the England squad at points when he did play in the Premier League. So whether it was just because he was busy rather than good, I'm not sure. But tricky one. I think I I think because Ruddy was a little bit more established in the Premier League, I would probably lean towards Darren Randolph, who was obviously excelled in the championship, but didn't never really did in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, or wasn't given the opportunity to, but maybe it's because he wasn't quite up to scratch. So not to, to make Liam feel particularly unwelcome on the pod, but I'm going to side <laughs> with Aaron on the first one. I'm on against the...
2: it from the start here. <laughs> so, right, you'll, so... have,
0: you'll have a quick, clean <laughs> sweep of the defence because
1: my defence is is shocking.
0: Right, a shocking defence, Aaron. Then let's hear it. Then let's go for two centre-halves. Right, so I've got the first centre-half, I've got James Chester. Yeah, OK. Oh, he
1: was always classy in the Championship. He's always He was always in those teams that were pushing for promotion. He was promoted with Hull and Villa. Then he got relegated with Hull. Moved to West Brom in the Prem, but only played 12 games. Didn't do anything of note. Dropped back to the Championship again where his class was in that Villa promotion team. And then they sold him back to the Championship again without him ever making an appearance in the Prem. So he's one of them that he always does a job at the top half of the Championship for teams, but then just doesn't do it in the Prem. As soon as he gets up, he either just doesn't get trusted. And just to gets sent straight back to the championship or doesn't do well and ends up getting relegated.
0: Yeah. He is fully stuck in that cycle, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so great He's shout. probably
1: the only the only defender that I'm sort of alright with, with, with putting forward. My other centre back is Mariapa. <laughs> okay. <yeah>. Oh. <laughs> he's yeah. another one who's always class in the championship, looks like an absolute beast does well, comes up to the Premiership and you forget he even really exists. Um, he just, there was a
0: period where, I think he was at Palace, where he just barely played at all yeah. for like seasons and he'd be like that cheap defender you'd have on your bench in FPL.
1: Yeah, that was basically um, it. He was the 4.5 million defender, wasn't he, on, on FPL that you use just to take up a spot that allows you to have a little bit yeah. of extra budget to afford Van Dijk.
0: It, yeah, it was that guy. Yeah. and he got a little run at Watford a couple of years ago, didn't he? But yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's spot on for this category as well. Liam, have you got any of those two or if not? Who have you got? I haven't. I've got,
2: got, two, yeah, got two different centre-halves. So, yeah. um, surprisingly strung them, Aaron, actually. <laughs> I think they fit, fit them all perfectly. Um, so, my first centre-back is um, Thomas Callas. So, yeah. I've gone for... Him, um, obviously started at Chelsea. I think he only ever played twice in the Premier League for Chelsea. Um, we came on loan to, to Borough and he was part of our squad that got promoted. But again, just been straight away, didn't bother mm-hmm. trying to make it permanent. And then he was back out on loan the next season to Fulham. Um, and then after two seasons there, both on loan, he was promoted with them. And again, binned <laughs> off and, and sent out to Bristol City. So... Um, I'm going to kind of trust the managers on this one. In the in the case of they obviously seen him week in, week out and he's had the opportunities with the promoted, um, we've getting promoted twice, but just no yeah. one wants to give him the that's chance at the top level.
0: Yeah. So they didn't even take him back. Like so he was clearly available for loan the following seasons after the promotions, but they didn't take him back for Premier League seasons, which is quite a strong indictment. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's that's a good call. So, who who have you got? partnering in him. So
2: this one's a little bit
0: it might be a little bit unfair to him um, but
2: I've gone for Curtis Davis or Curtis Davis yeah. Um, yeah. and the reason is he's a, he's a top you know, in his day he was a top quality championship centre half I like think he made the team of the year three times um, you know really really top end of the championship um, good centre half but never quite cut it in the Premier League did a couple of seasons with Hull um, back around 2013-14 time where he played quite a lot of games um, and they did they did still, but he's got relegation under his belt with um, Birmingham and relegation under his belt with Hull. So, I'll oh, two relegations with Hull. So, um, again, it's just kind of showing that he's really, really exceeded in the championship, but don't think he quite cut it yeah. in the Premier League. But it's a little bit harsh because he wasn't a terrible player.
0: There's no, I think that, one, that one may be a bit harsh because I, I feel like he, he was pretty good at Villa for a bit. And then made, did Villa go to part? and then... Yeah, he had gone. one
2: season, yeah, looking at him and then they just didn't fancy him for a while so they loaned him out to Leicester and then ended up selling him to, to Birmingham.
0: Yeah, uh, but again, he has spent most of his career at, at cl- those sort of clubs that are fighting relegation which suggests, and probably, yeah, and has had his better seasons in the Championship. So, on ref- like, at first glance it seems harsh but on reflection he probably does fit straight into this category as well, so... Aaron, Callas and Davis, you hear any of those and think they'd get into your side?
1: Um Kalas, definitely. I um he was one that I was was toying with. Um, but I was worried that again it was my the sort of my borough glasses on. Um but hundred percent. I
0: mean You need to wear your borough glasses for this for this <laughs> point.
1: For, I'm sure for years he was playing in the championship whilst he was a full Czech international. Like When we had him on loan, he was a Czech international, but was in the Championship. And you look and think, he well, was good enough to play for the Czech Republic. Surely, at some point, someone's going to take a, a shot on him in the Prem. So, I think Kalas is a is a great shout, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm starting to be convinced by Kalas. I, w- I won't make a decision just yet. Let me hear the full-backs first, then I'll make a decision on the back four. So, Liam, do you want to start us off? Who have you got as your two full-backs?
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> this is weak. <laughs> Scraping the barrel. But for right back, I've gone for um, Chris Gunter.
0: Yes, I like so, that.
2: Um, obviously, he came through at Cardiff and then got his move to Spurs. Never yeah. got a chance, never got a kick at Spurs, really. I think five or six games across a few seasons. So, you know, barely had a chance. Um, but then he moved to... Forrest just steady championship player playing almost every game Um, and got a chance again with Reading when they went up back in 2013 and they signed him um, 20 20 games in the Premier League that season but again they were relegated and he just stuck it out back in the championship where he he belonged but he's uh, interesting he's got 99 caps for Wales so yeah he is a decent decent player but yeah yeah.
0: similar to Calat well, in that he's got a lot more international pedigree but he was being internationally recognized while he's in the championship Yeah, like quite a regular part of that Wales side that actually were decent under Chris Coleman Hmm. so yeah, I think that's a fantastic shout fits Um, that void perfectly and yeah he is is spot on for that so who have you got on the left
2: yeah my left back
0: this is probably the hardest one I've gone for Clint Hill (laughs) (laughs) yeah so early days Clint Hill at at left back
2: yeah so, so popped him at left back before I moved before I moved inside a bit so um yeah, he's had three seasons in the Premier League um, with QPR. And um they just about survived that last day of the season, the day of the Aguero last minute goal. They they survived um then and finished just above the relegation zone, and then he's finished 20th with them, got promoted again, and finished twentieth with them again. So um I'm not sure how much of that he spent at left back. It was a bit of a shoe someone in, but um yeah yeah very much a decent steady way championship player doesn't
0: yeah quite cut what's quite yeah. funny about the Kent hill thing is like i feel like just because he was a bit of a character you know like a bit of a leader that he was pinpointed as like this really key player for qpr whereas his ability was definitely the <laughs> yeah. championship at best yeah. and i think yeah, we've exposed that now in this podcast um no, like, so, you guys were a little bit, I think, wary that the defence, not as many to choose from as there were in the four positions, but I think every one of you so far has been perfectly suited. Yeah, I haven't heard my full so. yet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Some great competition. There is, it is a fair point with full like, how many how many fallbacks you watch in the Championship? I think, Aaron, you said, like, that you think, oh, what a player, but I'm not sure he'd be good in the Premier League. Like, yeah. I feel like if you've got the actual speaker full-back, you could probably, probably make that step up, but... Liam has provided some examples there, of possibly. That is not the case. Aaron, I just can't see you beating Chris Gunter. Oh,
1: no, but... I, I, I fully conceded that one already. I think I've got a good shout for left-back, right-back. I'm right. embarrassed
0: to even say it. Right, well, right-back out of the way, then. Who have you got? All right,
1: Max Aaron's. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, no, let's scratch based, that. I think he's been
1: targeted <laughs> by Bayern Munich, so... But yeah, um, based on, it was absolutely unbelievable the season that Norwich went up, but then he came straight back down and didn't exactly look great. So, just to have a body in, I put him in, because technically, yeah. too good for the Championship, yeah, he was, wasn't great in the Premiership. He might only be young and it was one season, but he, he fit the criteria when I was absolutely scraping the barrel. Um Right, yeah. He,
0: so, he might... Good to to the team, we do in a, in a couple of years' time of two go for the championship, not going for the Champions League. Yeah. When he's pulling, <laughs> he's yeah. got his opportunity at Bayern. So, yeah, yeah I do think that, that was, a, yeah, it was probably. That, a, oh, how long was, until how long until we're recording? Yeah. One minute, I haven't got a right back. Yeah,
1: but basically, it was it? I was I was talking to to Liam at the start, and I was like, oh god, I haven't got a right back, like, uh Max Aaron. So that one I've conceded already. That I don't think we even need a discussion around that. But left back, I think I've got a really good shout, and I've gone for George Friend. Um, yeah, he was PFA okay, Team Club. of the Year, Team of the Year left back 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 seasons for us. I mean, it might be slightly biased, and I imagine Liam probably agree. But for years, he was undoubtedly the best left back in the in the league. Um, in the sort of the Carranca era, he was just so good. One of our best ever buys. Two hundred and fifty thousand we paid for him, and he paid it back. God knows how many times over. Um, but despite that and for how good he looked for us, he was never really linked with a move to the Prem. Um, we went up. He didn't look great, but no one did that season. So it's nothing against him. He comes straight back down with us the next season and, and has been back in the Championship ever, championship ever since. So um, for someone that was undoubtedly the best in his position in the league for three, four seasons back to back, not to be even tipped with a, a, a move up, I think probably shows that he was viewed as top, top, top end of the championship, but maybe not good enough for the Prem.
0: Interestingly then, Liam, you didn't go for George Ram. Was that just to not have too much Borough in there? Or did you actually think he was probably probably good enough for the Premier League, but never got the chance?
2: No, embarrassingly, I never even thought of him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think I was so focused on looking at other teams and looking around. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never really even thought of him, and I, I, Aaron's absolutely hit the nail on the head for for particularly the the season we got promoted in the season before. He was yeah. absolutely outstanding and was by far and away the best left back in the league. And yeah, like he says, once we got in the prem, no one really did themselves massive justice mm-hmm. um, out, of the, out of the team that had come up, the squad that had come up. But um, yeah, he didn't he didn't quite look good enough, and he's never been the quickest player in the world, and I think that was exposed a lot more in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So. Yeah, I would agree. What was
0: about a little bit surprised that there wasn't another burr name thrown across the defence? Ben Gibson.
1: Well, I think we discussed him on WhatsApp when we were saying to each other how hard the defence was. My logic with not putting him in was that he hasn't shown that he wasn't good enough for the prem. He just hasn't kicked a ball. He was <laughs>
0: <you> know, <laughs> yeah. That he just... through, through no reason. Related to ability whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I mean, he supposedly had a big falling out with Sean Dyche, didn't he? And that's because he was Burnley's record signing. I think he still is. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason he play, didn't play was not to do with ability, but more to do with falling out with Sean Dyche. Um, it was one of the first names that come to mind for me. Um, and I was going to put him in. But, but then, yeah, it purely was he... I don't think he's proven that he's not good enough for the Premier. He just he hasn't played.
2: Yeah, and I think um, he just said there, not many of them could hold their heads up high after that season, but he was maybe the only one who would yeah. come up in that squad who, who had a a decent season. Um, mm-hmm. He he did didn't look out of place in the Premier League, and he uh, mm-hmm. might have only played thirty games. You know, he's not like a a veteran in that league at all, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't look particularly out of place. So yeah.
0: um, he and obviously moved to Burnley on the back of that, so yeah. they obviously feel like he held his own in that league as well. Yeah, so so a little bit of a. Middlesbrough connection along the back line, but no Ben Gibson. Right. Okay. I think Gunter and Friend were going to slot in at full backs. And then I'm going to go, I think Callas and Chester at centre half. People happy with that? Yeah. I I would go
2: along with that. Yeah. Happily agree on that. A bit harsh to Curtis Davies. He has had a decent career.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he, I think he had just too good a career to make this team, but yet his best, his better years were in the championship. But he did have, I think, a couple of okay years in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, possibly, possibly too good for this side. And Curtis Davies has not been too good for many sides in his career. So he'll appreciate that. Um, Moving on to midfield, I assume maybe you've just got like one holder and then like five strikers who average 25 goals a season in the Championship. <laughs> it would have
1: been a lot easier to do it that way, yeah. Um, I've
2: got yeah. A, I'm a
0: 4-2-3-1. One. One yeah, striker. I'm the same. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, How is it right now? I-, I was thinking of going for the old 1930s two-three-five <laughs> WM formation to fit them all in, but um, no, I've gone I've 3 four, two, three, one as well.
0: Okay, let's have central midfielders then. Liam, do you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, first one I've gone for, this is my first proper Borough connection, is Johnny Housen, who's playing for us at the moment. Um, He was absolutely loved at Leeds, loved at Norwich. He's loved at Borough. Um, He's just a top, top championship player, but he's had his chance in the Premier League twice with Norwich being relegated twice. I feel like the Premier League is just a step too far for him. Yeah, um, and it, it's always just been out of his reach to be a, a steady away Premier League player and you know to be relegated twice and not picked up by any of the other teams who who were still in the league kind of shows that um yeah, it's just not just not quite good enough for that level, but a really, really top and still still now a really, really top championship player. So he's my first centre midfielder. Yeah. Um alongside him I was really torn between two. Um, but I've ended up going for Will Hughes. So, yeah, Will like Hughes that. burst onto the scene, you know, as a wonder kid at, at Derby, and had all of the, all of the big clubs looking at him. I think I'm right in saying he was a little bit unlucky with injuries. I don't think yeah. they've helped him. Um, you know, as he was getting settled in in his career at Derby, but for him to be linked with all the Top-end clubs when he was still a teenager, um, and then to get his chance at Watford, he had a couple of seasons, a few seasons at Watford, but nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. And then again, they've been relegated, and he's he's kind of not been picked up by anybody again. And now he's playing, you know, most weeks in the in the championship again for for them. So yeah, he's he's my pick. Um, I was surprised to see he's still only twenty-five. So you know,
0: yeah, that's what possibly. It was the first instinct for me. He's definitely not like a championship careerist of such. I, I yeah. reckon he will get another go in the Premier League, whether it's with Watford again or someone picking up picking him up to be part of their squad because he's, you know, English, mm-hmm. playing a couple of different positions. So I reckon he might get another go to prove his wrong. But certainly so far, he didn't live up to the yeah. Yeah, hype in the Premier League that he showed in the championship. And like you said, I mean, Johnny Houston is, is, is spot on, isn't he? Just yeah. like runs the show in the championship. And then spends all of his time in the Premier League chasing the ball. Yeah, well, better players knock it round him. Sorry to say, Johnny. Um, Aaron, who have you got?
1: Yeah, I'm happy here because we, I've, I've not got either of them again, so we can have um, a bit of a debate on this. So I've firstly I've gone for Peter Whittingham, um, who was consistently up there as the best centre midfielder in the Championship. Well, one off I should say. Um, he was brilliant for years and years in centre mid for Cardiff. Um, and you see so many players in the championship. If you say who's the best player you've played against, so Peter Whittingham. Um, I think a lot of Cardiff fans say he's probably their best ever player. Um, and it just seemed that every season, without fail, for about ten seasons in a row, he was always just centre mid in the in the championship team of the season. Um, yeah, just Mr. Consistent, all round great technical player, but when he stepped up to the Premies, another one, a bit like Johnny Housen, who just didn't make that step up. Um, Being promoted, I think it was twice with Cardiff, um, and both times come come back down um, and didn't really show himself in the best light. But again, in the Championship, he was always head and shoulders above. Um, And then next to him, I've got Tom Kearney, who... Was the jewel in the crown at Fulham for the two promotion pushes? Um, stood out PFA team of the year twice, but another one who's just never really cut it in the prem. And I think people still look at him as like sort of this, this, a bit like Will, Will Hughes in that eye. He's quite young, he could still kick on yet, but he's actually he's 30 now. Um, he's probably, so Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, 30, he's 30 now. Um, he's only oh. got two caps for Scotland, one in 2017, one in 2018. Um, and again, yeah. In the in the uh, Prem he just doesn't just doesn't stand out. But in the championship he he's unbelievable for them.
2: He was actually the when I said I was between Will Hughes and someone else, it was Tom Kearney. Yeah. I wasn't sure which one to, yeah. to put yeah. in. Yeah, I didn't realise he was that old.
1: Yeah, neither did I until I was looking today and I was uh, I was amazed that he's, he's yeah, but he's 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 thirty now, so it's not like he's some kid who could still sort of kick on and, and grasp his chance in the Prem in a couple of years' time. I think if Fulham do go down this season, he spends another another year in the. No, championship. The years,
0: the years go by quickly when you. Yeah, the years go by quickly when you're bouncing up between Championship and Premier League. Yeah. Kenny's a really interesting one because I feel like his performances in the Championship, like, well, like you said, sort of team of the season stuff, were like you expecting you're expecting big things when he joins the, when he came as the Premier League, and he didn't really deliver. Whereas Houseman's obviously one of these players, just by nature, that does a lot of his work that doesn't particularly get noticed, but he's obviously a very good operator in the championship. And then, so there's not quite as high expectations of him when he when he joins in the in the Premier League. I mean, Kenny was like a big goal scorer, a sister, wasn't he? So, um, an interesting balance to to this midfield. I think you've got some like just good championship operators, and then players that with a bit higher potential that obviously ex- exceeded expectation of the championship so sorry failed to meet expectation of the Premier League after really smashing the championship like Kearney and Hughes so I don't know do, do you, you guys are you tempted by any of any of your the other picks
2: well as I said I thought of um, Kearney in terms of replacing Hughes but um I'm actually more impressed with Aaron's pick of Peter Wittingham and Think of him, yeah. Um, and he was a very, you know, absolute mercurial left foot, and yeah. just ran in control games. And
0: uh, yeah, I like yeah. I like Whittingham and as a partnership because I feel like it's Whittingham and Kenny not there's a little bit attacking, and I like to have a balance to these sides. <laughs> I don't like them to be, you know, those Garth Crooks team of the weeks, yeah. which are like three four three with Aguero midfield. Um, it's so, so cool about Garth Crooks. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it does. Um, that might make garden leave if it ever makes it makes it back on the show. Um, right, I think what I'm going to do then, I think, are you happy with House and Whittingham in midfield? But I'm going to hold Kearney back in reserve to possibly play further forward, depending on the other shouts. I think Hughes has proven so far that he's obviously played his best football in the Championship. But I reckon it's a bit early to call that on him at 25.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm happy with that.
0: That's fair. Okay, so Whittingham and houseen. I mean, I, pulled I don't know which one of them will pull the strings. One of we pull them in one way, one of we pull them the other. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see if they're going to have room for Kenny. Who've, you both got four, two, three, one. Did you say? Who have you got at, yeah. at 10? Do you
2: want to go
0: first
2: with yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can do. It. I've got um, Adele to wrap <laughs> oh, yeah. at 10. <laughs> it's our first was... agreement. Now, have you got in there as well? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was just sensational that QPR in the championship. Um, I remember watching him come to the Riverside and just absolutely destroy us the season that they went up. Um, I think it was like 2011 or something. And yeah, he was just head and shoulders like far, far too good for the league. Um, Ability-wise, he could have easily played in the Premier League and you know, had fantastic ability. Um, but he had his chance at Spurs, and he only got less than 10 appearances across a few seasons at Spurs. Yeah. And then when QPR came up, he, he stuck with them, but again not solid enough in the in the Premier League, but nothing special. And then he had a loan spell at Fulham the year that they went down as well. So um, never got more than six goals. Uh, so he never got more than a few goals in the in the Premier League compared to in the Championship when he got nineteen forty-one, which was
0: yeah, I can just remember like seeing clips of him treating the Championship like a school playground.
2: Yeah, we were ridiculous
0: it was just, that season. Dancing dancing through sides. And Aaron, you're, you sound like you're in agreement.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the first one we've both got the same player. Um, I just, just couldn't not have him. Nine appearances, no goals for Spurs. Went on loan to QPR. Did all right. So they signed him permanently. And then in the 10-11 season, 19 goals and 21 assists in 44 games. Arguably the best ever individual season in the, in the Championship.
2: Yeah, um, I would say that, yeah.
1: And then... Just yeah, they, they got promoted obviously with a player like that in the team, and then he only scored seven goals in the Premier League the next two seasons, and never really got anywhere near those heights again. So, he he, yeah. he he walked into the team for me.
0: Great shout and a bit of flair in front of Harrison uh, and Whittingham. So, exactly. who, who have you got out wide? Aaron, you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So um, first on the left got uh, Tom Ince. Um, so early in his career looked destined for the absolute top. Um, linked with teams like Inter Milan, uh, 18 goals in the 12-13 season for Blackpool, uh, then moved to the Prem with Paris and Hull, hardly got a kick, scored one goal, come back to the Championship with Derby where he was quality um, again, 11 goals one season, 12 the next, 14 the next. Huddersfield then took a punt on him, went up with them, two goals in 33 and then now he's just back in the Championship with Stoke, never really anywhere near the, the sort of the form that he showed in the Prem. Um, and then on the other side, we've got Anthony Knockart, who has always been a, a, a really good winger at Championship Standard. Um, he's always one of those players that was in the teams that were pushing for promotion. He's part of the Leicester promotion-winning team that amassed that a ridiculous amount of points when they got promoted in 13-14. was the standout player for Brighton the season. They went up with 15 goals and nine assists, but... Despite that, he's never been able to carry that form into the Prem. Uh, He's got five goals in 63 Prem appearances for Brighton um, and now he's just back in the Championship again. So, two players that have always sort of excelled at Championship standard, but really, really, really evidently fell short once they've had the chance in the Prem.
0: Yeah, knock-out came to mind for me, thinking of this topic. Um, Ince, I must admit, I, I... went under my radar perhaps because he's been off radar for a couple of years yeah. now but he had a couple of great championship seasons didn't he uh, before really failing to, to to make that step up. Liam, have you got knockout? I haven't got knockout. I've got Tom Ince. Right, okay.
2: Yeah, so I, I had Tom Ince on, on one of the wings as well. Um, yeah, can't really add too much more to what Aaron said They're really, really strong in the championship for Blackpool um, and Derby but... Yeah, just didn't really do much for Palace Hull or Huddersfield when he was given his chance. So I think he's almost perfect for this team. Yeah. Uh, on the other wing, I've gone for Matt Phillips.
0: Yeah. So um,
2: again, really good for Blackpool. Um, played well for QPR and West Brom, but you know he's he's never really kicked on and done anything special in the Premier League. I think he's yeah maximum of four goals is the most he's ever got in the Premier League. But you know he's beat that on four different occasions while he's been down in the, in the championship
0: um, yeah so. now that they're a very I mean obviously it's two from two what gets in the side knockout and Phillips are an interesting one because I feel like knockout's kind of like a really flair winger that like re- you'd really notice in the championship but then just doesn't have the quality in the Premier League whereas like Phillips he's, he's kind of like more of a, a bit more versatile he can mm. do a bit of a job in like a Sam Allardyce West Brom team like he's doing now um, so, like, he 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 can be of value in the in the Premier League. Like, you don't carry him. Like, you might have to carry knockout and don't get the results. What do you think about? What'd you think about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got quite a lot of Premier League appearances under his belt, so he's obviously fancied by some managers. But he just doesn't seem to contribute too much to the yeah. team. He's just a bit of a, a runner, I think. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's fair Grafton. But I think a knockout is the absolute classic January loan to the championship,
1: yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you I need a, you need that. some flair for your for your last for your, your late season push.
0: What's yeah. knockout doing these days? <laughs> yeah, get knockout on the phone. Right. So we've got ints and knockout on the wings and to wrapped at ten. Plenty of flair behind mm. the front man, which is where I'm sure this gets incredibly difficult. Um riches to choose from in terms of Championship bagsman that can't pull it off in the Premier League. Liam, who did you land on up front?
2: Yeah, um, as you say, could have been one of many, um, many that I was looking at that have um, you know, done the job in the Championship and got size promoted and then just never, ever cut it at the top mm-hmm. level. Um, but I decided to go for David Nugent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the reason I went for David Nugent above everybody else is um, obviously promoted with Borough, which I know um, all about. But he was promoted as well with Leicester, so two promotions. But yeah. just just never got more than um, five or six goals in the in the Premier League. He's originally started, um, and you know came to prominence in this country when he was at Preston in the Championship, banging in the goals um, so much that he he got in the England squad and got his famous goal yeah. on the line from Jermaine Defoe. Um, and to get in the England squad in the championship I thought was you know really impressive but that got him his move to Portsmouth where uh, um, once i signed him he got no goals in 15 and uh, okay. then the next season he got 3 in 16 which is not horrendous but not he soon found himself back in the championship anyway and um, Burnley took a punt on him when they were promoted but he got 6 in 30 games and was duly relegated with them so um, and then, yeah, he's kicked around the championships for the vast majority of the rest of his career. So
0: he's the one I've yeah. for up front. For me, there are loads of options here, but he's almost the originator. Yeah. Like, he was almost the first one that people started to say that about quite widely. Um, especially, especially, obviously, he had a little bit of recognition with England, so he was definitely on a lot of people's radars. Um, mm-hmm. So... It's going to take some beating, Aaron, but there are some yeah. other top contenders out there. Who have you got? Or have you got Nugent as well?
1: No, I've I've, I've gone for someone different. Obviously, Nugent was on my radar because, like you say, he's pretty much the person this, this phrase was invented for. Um, but I've gone for Lewis Graben. Um, yeah. To me, he's just the definition of too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Prem. Um, his goal record in the championship is ridiculous. He's got 22 goals, 12 goals, 20 goals, 16 goals, 20 goals. Um, so to break the, the 20 barrier three times, it shows that you're clearly very, very, very good at that level. Um, but with that in mind, he's only ever scored one goal in the Prem. Um, really? I, yeah, I did look at Nugent. Um, but yeah, Graben swung it for me because he's... The the way I viewed it is Graben is better in the Championship than Nugent is, but not as good in the Prem as Nugent is. Nugent, uh, like Liam has alluded to, has got sort of six goals, five goals here and there. Graben's only ever scored one Prem goal. He just doesn't seem to cut it in the Prem when he goes up. He doesn't even really get given his chance. He tends to just come straight back down.
0: Yeah, that that surprises me, but then... Obviously, you can't argue those stats, but then maybe Nugent's just played more games because yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, was. he played far
2: in the Prem? Thing.
1: I don't look
0: Has he, he played for Villa?
1: Nugent has undoubtedly played more games. He played, he, he played a, yeah. a, a lot, lot more games. I think I don't think Grabban yeah. hardly played in the Prem. He has is been in, in the Prem with Bournemouth, Bournemouth and I think Norwich. Um, yeah. So he has been in the Prem, but yeah, he, he hardly got a kick. Um, but that for me was sort of an indicator of him not being good enough. Where. He's undoubtedly good enough for the for the championship because he's, he's broke the
2: twenty barrier three times, which not many people do. Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah. Uh, I didn't
2: quite realize how good his goal record was. That's pretty. Does that
0: does that persuade good. you at all, Liam, or are you
2: sticking with, I, with Nugent? I, I still think I would want to stick with Nugent just because, as I say, I've, I've maybe it's a bit of bias. I've seen him, I've seen him be decent, and even though his goal returns not as good as some of the other strikers that have played in the championship. Um, his all-round player and getting involved is, is pretty good and he's always been playing for a team that's towards the top end of the league Um, you know yeah. Preston Preston were always doing quite well back in the day Um, Pompey, Leicester were both up there in the championship when they were in them leagues and obviously with, with Borough the, he was right up there and even Derby in recent seasons have been floating in and around the top end so he is even if his goals don't always show it um yeah, so he's been, been, been a
0: big country. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, there was an interview with Jamie Vardy, I think it was in the last 12 months, I think, and they asked him for his favourite strike partner and he said Nugent, which I think was a bit of a surprise to the Sky Sports reporter expecting him to say someone he played with more recently in the Premier League or something like that. So that perhaps says a little bit more about Nugent's all-round game compared to Grabbins, who, you know, obviously he's a Forest fan. We're based in Nottingham, Aaron. We know a few Forest fans might tell you that he's pretty much a poacher, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But certainly does it very, very well at Championship level. Um, any budging from, from you, Aaron? Or are you sticking with Graben? Or do you want to maybe try and move on to somebody else you can agree with? Like we said, there is lots of options in this realm.
1: I'm, I'm happy to swing towards Nugent. I think p- based on the fact that as he did play for Borough, I've, I've watched him a lot and know that his game isn't just about goals. So as a goal scorer, he's probably... Pretty, pretty, He's nowhere near as as potent as grabbing is in this league, but uh, as as liam alluded to Nugent game isn't just about goals um we wouldn't have went up the season we did without his contributions away from just goal scoring um yeah. and I think again, as liam said to 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 get an England cap um whilst playing in the the championship with with Preston um probably shows you that at the time he was viewed as being as being better than than the level he was playing at so um, I'm, I'm happy to swing towards Nugent because, um, yeah, I think for, for years it could it could definitely be argued that he was too good to be, to be playing in the Championship, but evidence shows he wasn't good enough to be playing in the Prem.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's so many that you could have picked from, so many. Um, I think if it was six months ago, that would have went for Patrick Bamford. Yeah. He would have been the yeah. absolute ideal one, but obviously he's proven himself this season to be good enough in the Premier League. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Any any other names, Liam?
2: Yeah, um, I had, a, yeah, real, real tricky time. Where do you, where um, do you stop?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Nugent, so... um,
2: Dwight Dwight Gale was one that came to mind. Obviously, he scored a lot of goals for Newcastle when they got him um, a few years ago. He scored um, goals for for West Brom, but never really got um, too many. I think his six or seven was the maximum he'd ever got in the Premier League. Um, mm. Yeah, not. Uh, I just thought he was actually a decent, decent player. Um, yeah,
0: you went. I remember him going on one quite good run for Palace at the end of one season. I think when he scored those goals against Liverpool as well, yeah. um, in the famous Liverpool collapse.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Cameron Jerome was another one. Yeah, I um, had Cameron Jerome. So again, I think he's almost yeah. Um, yeah, he could he could fit this role perfectly. Um, got twenty twenty one, quite, quite well.
0: Got, twenty in one season. Now he
1: got he got twenty in one season for Norwich when they went up, and then the following season in the Premier he got three, which probably tells you everything you need to know about Cameron Jerome. There's, there's yeah. tons of them. have got Jordan Rhodes was another one, absolute gold machine, Championship levelled. Um, I was even looking at one point at Sylvan E-Bank, Ebanks Blake, um, who was wow. just an actually bags man <laughs> for a few seasons. <laughs> was still he there. was disappeared off the face of the earth but there's 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 tons of them there's absolutely tons of players who just score ridiculous amounts at championship level and then look like you'd be better off having one of us free up there when they get to the prem yeah
0: yeah i mean maybe Um, maybe i'm too good for for the premier league anyway um yeah i feel like these are all really good cases and any one of them would be welcome, but like, I think most of them, like, they look up to Nuge, yeah. Nuge is like their hero. Yeah, it's, it's, of,
1: just, um, it's just him, and it this should be Nuge and SC.
0: Yeah, it's captain, penalty taking, corners, yeah. the lot. This is yeah. this, this team was made for Nuge, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think as much as Gail, Graben. Um Rhodes, Jerome, Emacs played Vidra. Vidra is one I thought of. Yeah. Like he blitzed the championship for a couple of seasons, didn't he? And then mm-hmm. has done nothing in the Premier League. Um was another one I thought of, but it's got to be Nuge, hasn't it?
2: Yeah,
0: it has to be. I, I think so he just yeah, just fits he's, the bill perfectly. Exactly just, what you're looking him, for in this it? team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we've got Nuge leading the line. Um, but we've got a uh, Dan Randolph in goal and a back four of Chris Gunter, Thomas Callas, James Chester and George Friend. Uh, and then central field, Johnny House and Peter Whittingham. And then out wide, Anthony Knockart and Tom Ince with Adel Terrap at 10, playing behind the captain, David Nugent. One very good for the Championship combined 11, but not good enough for the Premier League. Um, yeah, Perfect. And what 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 kind of borough connection have we got in there then? So we've got Randolph, Callas, Friend, House and Nugent. Yeah, Are they all borough at yeah. some yeah. point.
2: Yeah, well, they
0: were. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. So I think so, that that so goes so some way to explaining. Us, it? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah, I bet. there's bet there's a, I bet there's a bunch of clubs in
2: there though. Yeah, I bet you could I bet if you ran through how many of them have played for like your Norwich, your Fulham, yeah. your West Broms. Yeah. They just That's all is, just seem to just a big yeah. roundabout of clubs that go up and down.
0: And yeah, the, this is like a Norwich West Brom and Borough Fun Bind 11, really. yeah Genuinely, I, I think that team
1: suits what we're saying so much because I'm looking at it now written down. Uh, generally at that at the peak, that team would destroy the championship, absolutely destroy yeah. it, but it would get destroyed in the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Look forward to the promotion party and then selling yeah. more by January. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that would be it'd be brutal what had happened to that team yeah. in the Prem. But Mick McCarthy or Neil Warnock managing them and then sacked by December. Say, who, who would
0: be manager then? Because we've got, yeah, Warnock, Mick McCarthy. One who else? Nigel, no, Nigel Pearson's done okay at times I in the Premier League.
1: Probably have to be our gaffer, surely Neil Warnock. Yeah, I mean... Record promotions for the Championship. but He's never really, as much as I absolutely love him, he's never really...
0: Has he ever Shadow stayed up in the Premier League? had a full season. I don't so think he's it, ever stayed up. I think no, he, was he relegated with United. Cardiff,
2: relegated with Sheffield United, relegated with no, mean, QPR. He's a,
1: he's a magician at getting out of the league, but he can't
0: stay out of it. So
2: yeah, definitely. Which is yeah. exactly what we want, really. Exactly.
0: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, got, got to be Warnock. in fact, what we'd we'd have won but we'd never sack him because we want <laughs> to come back down with yeah. this team. Yeah, come yeah. back down and yeah, go back up again, and rebuild again. Yeah, this, this is a very cyclical team. Which have a good season every two years, um, yeah. Well, not nailed on for the manager, so of course couldn't be anybody else really. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it, I think, for this for this yeah. episode. Unless anybody has anything to add.
1: No, nothing for me, mate.
0: No, well, um, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us yeah, today, Liam, fine. and adding your uh, championship and borough expertise. Hopefully, this episode is seen as as of a caliber too good. For the championship, good enough for the Premier League, a top tier podcast episode, hopefully. So, um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you listen to us on Apple, if you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Table44T1 and you can follow us on Instagram at Table442. So, that's it for the show. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you buddy. Hi.